Amen. So you can be both Martha and Mary and have the best of both worlds like Hannah Montana. <laughs> you get the best. Okay. So after service, that'll be immediately following. The title of my message this morning is called Transformation. Years ago, when we, we were transitioning to become the pastors here, the Lord said, Caleb, I want the River Claremont to stand for three things. Proclamation, transformation, and consecration. And proclamation, of course, is what we do. We preach the gospel. We go out on the streets. We pray for people. Claremont is some of the hardest ground I've ever witnessed, and I'm not trying to rag our town, but there's a lot of people that have um, base-level relationships with Jesus in Claremont. Amen. And so it's tough ground, but we still proclaim the gospel. We go out and we preach the gospel. Why? Because there are people in Claremont that have never heard of Jesus. They're hurt. They're lost. And we go to OBT, people out there. We preach the gospel. Preaching the gospel is the way you get into the signs and wonders. If you want to see miracles, preach the gospel. That's scriptural. You want to see God do something supernatural? Become a preacher of the gospel or be a part of that. And that's what we do. We proclaim the gospel. We do outreaches. We, hallelujah night. What do we do? We preach the gospel. That's what we do. Back to school bash. We preach the gospel. Easter. Preach the gospel. You know, whatever we do, we're going to preach the gospel at it. Because we believe in getting people saved. That's our number one assignment. Right? Win the lost at any cost. If you believe it, shout Amen. Who is grateful that you have been one, that you have been translated from darkness into light, that someone shared the gospel with you, whether it was church, an outreach, or on the streets, and your life has been transformed, or it was a, a, your own parents that just, you don't even remember what it's like, you don't even know what it's like to be lost, because you were raised by people that taught you the word of God from the time you were a kid. That's powerful. That's what this generation needs. But proclamation leads to transformation. That's what I want to talk to you about today, transforming your life. If you were with us last Sunday when I spoke about that, of it, it's just the Lord bringing you out of captivity, but it doesn't stop there. It's not, it's not just God brought me out of captivity. It's that God gave me a calling. God gave me an assignment. God gives people things. He advances people. He plans things for you. That's the transforming power of God's kingdom that at work. Now, I was reading... Matthew, the Lord's been having me read Matthew over and over again, which there was a time in my life that God told me to just read the gospel of Matthew. I feel like I've been on that for a little bit right now, or I've just been reading the gospel of Matthew over and over again. That's my morning, you know, Bible study. I'm just reading the gospels. And I came across something, and I'm not trying to be weird, but I never really noticed this so much as when I was reading it this last few times, of how often... In Scripture, that Jesus encountered people demonically possessed. That it wasn't just a handful of times. That every chapter, Jesus was running into demon-possessed people. They were manifesting all over, the, everywhere He went. It was like He was straight up taking territory for the kingdom of light and encountering the kingdom of darkness everywhere he went. And everywhere he went, it was all different manifestations too, if you read it. There were the unclean spirits, those that, it's like they, 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 the unclean spirits couldn't stay quiet around Christ. 
They would blurt out. They would scream out. They would, they, would, they, would, they would expose themselves the moment Jesus showed up. Then the Bible even talks about a disabling or a crippling spirit upon a woman that bent her body over to where she couldn't even straighten herself out. And Jesus cast that demonic spirit out of her and set the lady free. Over and over again, I was, I was actually blown away by it. And I've, we've preached the gospel. We've seen many people get set free. It's something we do all the time in prayer services where you're like free, people get free, and then you move on. It doesn't, you don't have to highlight that something happened to this person. You know what I'm saying? You don't have to talk with demons all the time. You don't have to have conversations with them all the time. But no, nevertheless... A major part of the transforming power of God's kingdom is setting you free from demonic possession or oppression. And the other night I was drifting off and I was just talking to the Lord and, and about this, you know. And the Lord, right before I fell asleep, spoke a word that as soon as I woke up the next morning, I instantly heard it. And this is what the Spirit of God said to me. He said, Caleb, it always requires cooperation. He said, anytime you want do, when I want to use you, you have to cooperate. Is that true? Every time the Holy Spirit wants to do anything in your life, you have to cooperate with that. There will never, ever be a time that the Holy Spirit takes completely over and you don't even know what's happening and you don't even want to do it, but the God just decides, I want to do this through you. No, it requires cooperation, right? You got to take the leading. You got to follow God's still small voice. You got to lean in. You got to stir yourself up. You got to be in the word. That's cooperating with the kingdom of light. I'm getting the word in me. I'm knowing the character of my Father. I'm drawing after God. I'm stirring myself up. I'm praying in the Holy Ghost. I'm doing everything I can to cooperate with God so that when God needs someone to do an assignment in Claremont, He can reach me. I'm cooperating with God. So it's the same with the kingdom of darkness. These people that are bound. And that's what I want to hit today. The transforming power of God is not you got set free two months ago. Now you need set free again. Then you need set free next year. Then every time a deliverance ministry comes in town, you need another deliverance. No, God transforms your life and totally radically gets you set free. You are not the same as you once were. The doors are closed. You stop cooperating with hell. And you start cooperating with God. And when you do that, that's what transforming is. Amen. Yes, God wants to deliver you. But it doesn't stop at deliverance. It's to get you filled back up. Amen. Filled with something brand new. That's what Jesus said. He said every time a wicked spirit, an unclean spirit is cast out, it's going to find another place to, let, to, to, to live. That's where a lot of people wind up picking up demons too, bro. You go to the wrong church service and you're not filled with God. You might just left with more than you came with. You got to be filled. Amen. You can't be empty. <laughs> because if you're empty, he's going to come back with seven more wicked. And, the, and the, uh, the latter state is worse than the beginning state for that person. God wants to transform your life over and over again, though. We see how the demonic exists. There are two kingdoms in this world. The kingdom of light and the kingdom of darkness. Now, they are both spiritual kingdoms. In our world, we, we operate in the five senses. And so the five senses don't activate or don't utilize the, the, the spiritual realm, so to speak. So it requires awakening our spirit and walking in the things of the spirit to begin to access the spirit. That's where you get the people that fully cooperate with hell. 
Where do you think medians and psychics and all these people come from? They're people that are diving in to the dark spiritual world to obtain power. You, can, you don't have to travel the world. It's in America right now, all over this land, of people that are desiring because inside every person in this room, there is an understanding or desire for spiritual things. See, that's where we try and fill it with natural stuff, but natural things never fill the void of the spiritual realm. And that's where that hunger comes from. Before I was saved, before I was filled with the Holy Ghost, I would chase after ghosts and any paranormal thing I could find because I was hungry for the supernatural. I wanted to discover it. Well, there are people that cooperate with hell, and when they cooperate with hell, they open themselves up to every sense of demonic agenda out there. Now, the church on the other side has got to lean itself fully in the cooperation of the spiritual realm of God so that we start walking not in, not in equal power, but in greater power. Shout greater. greater. Our God is greater. Our God is stronger. We are not the weaker ones, and we are not the ones that are on the retreat. We are the ones that are meant to be on the attack. Come on, somebody. Jesus wasn't running from the devil. Jesus was taking territory from the devil everywhere he went. You are called and equipped to do that. There is authority in the church. But you see all throughout Scripture, there's the suicidal spirit that would hit this boy and try and throw him with seizures into a fire, into water. What is that? Trying to take his life. You can't. I mean, you start looking at this, the demonicness, the depression, anxiety, suicidal spirits, spirits of infirmity found throughout the word, unclean spirits, spirits of confusion. Tell me what America's problem is right now. Is America's problem political? Is America's problem economical? No, it is a demonic problem. And there is one solution for demonic problems. That is the kingdom of light's got to get up, go out the four walls of the church, look the devil in the eye and say, this is not your territory and this is not your hour. We are a kingdom that transforms people from darkness into light. We set the captives free. If you walk in this, let me tell you, and I'm going to hit this. And If you're in a household and there's demonic things going on in your household, maybe it's your spouse, maybe it's your children, whatever it is, it's time for you to go into that house and wage war by the power of the Holy Ghost. It's time for you to start binding those things up because the Bible says if you permit it on earth, it will be permitted in heaven. You're permitting hell to have its way in your life. For those of you that keep being bombarded in your minds with depression, anxiety, lust, you are permitting that spirit. You've got to draw a line in the, in the sand and say, hell no. No, I will not permit this any longer in my household, in my life, in my personal life. I'm drawing a line in the sand. I bind it now in the name of Jesus. Come on, somebody. Because the Bible says that when Jesus shared in, in Matthew 7, 28 through 29, when Jesus had finished saying these things, the crowds were amazed at his teaching, for he taught with real authority. Shout real authority. Quite unlike their teachers of religious law. See, the devil is not scared of pompous talk. He's not scared of um, debating of, of all of these things. He is terrified of a person Full of God that knows who they are. Come on, somebody. How do you see the spiritual realm? When you start walking in the authority of God, then these things begin to expose themselves. 
then when you're walking around, you see the spirits on people. You see these things manifest. You know what's going on. And if you know it, they know it. And if they know it, you have power over them. There is authority in the kingdom of God. I know this has nothing to do with serve team fair. People are like, I thought we were going to talk about Mary and Martha a little bit more. It's just in my spirit as I realize over and over again, daily Christ encountered the darkness. Every day he walked out the doors, he encountered the demonic because it would manifest itself around him. And every time, not one time in scripture do you ever read where Jesus left the person in the state that they were in. He always took authority over the enemy and he always drove the enemy out, but he always followed it with instructions for the person too. I want to talk to you about the transforming power of God. There is authority in the kingdom of God. Now, this is a subject that is crazy. Let me tell you something. I began to think about this, and I don't even know that I, I'm qualified to speak about it. But even in the realms of spiritual authority, people are like, what is spiritual authority? Does my pastor have authority over my life? Only if you give them authority. Right. A person in rebellion, under a spirit of rebellion, no one has authority in you except for darkness or rebellion. That's what happens. That's what rebellion does. It opens up the gateways. Not one person rebelled against good people and actually benefited from it. Rebellion is a fruit of the spirit of hell, really, of this world. Because it says the worldliness, one of it is rebellion. And rebellion is as witchcraft. There's a lot of people that live their lives... And they're just this rebellious attitude. No one ever can speak into your life. No one can access you. What, and you think that because of this, you're a stronger person. It's actually the strongest type people are the ones that ensure someone in my life can access and speak into my life. Right? I want someone to call me to the table if I begin to slip. I want someone with authority that walks in the things of God to be in my life and over my life so that if I need help, I have someone to call. Spiritual authority is that. Jesus had authority. Jesus carried authority. Jesus, everywhere he went, when crowds would come, cooperation, come on, the people would actually come to Christ. When they would come, that's when they would get delivered. That's when they would get set free. If there's something in your life that you need freedom from, stop fighting it by yourself. If you had what it took, you would have had it beaten already. But there is a family of God that is in this place right now that together there is not an enemy of hell that we are not sharper than, greater than, stronger than, and able to drive out of your life once and for all. God wants to transform your life. Amen. It takes the authority of the kingdom of God to sever that junk deep within you, break those soul ties so that you walk in the freedom you're meant to walk in. Jesus carried authority in Matthew 9, 8 says, Fear swept through the crowd as they saw what happened because they praised God for giving humans such authority too. What authority? The authority over the demonic. Come on, somebody. I don't have to know your story. I don't have to know your pain. But I can recognize the fruit of hell. And when the fruit of hell is in a person's life, there's only one solution, not medication. And that's what America tries to do. We try and medicate demons. We try and medicate demonic oppression. We try and placate it. We try and call it, you know, uh, woke culture. We try and call it cancel. We try and give it a name. We try and normalize demonic behavior. There's nothing normal about demonic behavior. 
It's from hell. The only solution is church, rise up, gird up your loins, look the devil in the eye and say, you're not touching my generation any longer. And I'm stirring you up. I'm provoking you today because I realized something. There are so many times that I have talked with people and you hear the things going on in their life and it's like if you don't take that step of authority to call it out, say, I hear what's going on. Let me tell you right now, that is not normal. You don't, that type of stuff doesn't happen to a person. That is an attack from hell. And you foul spirit of hell, I call you out right now by the power of God. Come out in Jesus' name. Loose them and let them go. Your friends coming to you talking about suicide all the time and you're patting them on the back. You've got to look them in the eye and call that spirit out. You foul devil of hell, you will not take their life. Go from them now. And man, when you start walking in this, hell is terrified of a believer that has the cojones to stand up. Do you have the cojones? Shout amen. amen. It's the church with balls. Amen. My wife said that's for the ladies too. Guts for the ladies. Okay, I got you. All right, all right. And guts for the ladies. I love it, babe. <laughs> Stop being a chicken. Stop being a scaredy cat Christian. Stop being more concerned about what hell's doing and start realizing if you find any bit of hell, you are the one to drive that hell out by the power of the Holy Ghost on the inside of you. Hey, somebody. Jesus. Now, here's my, what I give a pe- person, though. We, the church can walk in. And they can cast devils out. They can get you set free. If you walked in here today and you need set free of something, something crazy, something demonic is attacking you. We have people show up throughout the week all the time here that need stuff. We'll lay hands on you. We'll get you set free. If you want it. But if you want to stay free, then you've got to do your part too. And your part is, number one, I want to read this scripture to you. Luke 17, 20 through 21. Well, let me see. I'm going to start with these three scriptures. Acts 3, 19. Let me do this. Acts 3, 19 says, Repent, therefore, shout repent. Be converted, that your sins may be blotted out, so that times of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord. What's the key to times of refreshing in the presence of the Lord? Repenting, converting, so that your sins are blotted out. For the kingdom of God is not, now that Romans 14, 17 through 18, the kingdom of God is not eating and drinking, but righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. And he who serves Christ in these things is acceptable to God and approved by men. Luke 17, 20 through 21. Now when he was asked by the Pharisees when the kingdom of God would come, Jesus is Jesus, Jesus answered them and said, the kingdom of God does not come with observation. Nor will they say, see here or see there, for indeed the kingdom of God is within you. Shout within you. Amen. So you want to stay free. And we got a society that is so demonic right now. Everything being pumped into this world. And we, I hit this last week. The Bible says if the, if the light, if the eye is dark, the whole body is dark. Your eye does not produce light. Your eye is a reflection. It reflects light. If all the lights closed out here, your light is not like a... It doesn't glow and produce light. All that light comes from is what you're looking at. 
If you're looking at light, your light, your eyes reflect it. So what he's saying there is what a person looks at and observes is what fills their body. If you're looking at and observing everything wicked all the time, then you are filled with darkness. And how great is that darkness if you actually still think you're filled with light? To walk free to the transforming power of God, you got to get to a place, number one, where you repent of everything in your life. Repentance is the step into freedom. Only when you get to a point where you you say, God, I am sick and tired of the way I've lived my life up till now. I don't want this pain. I don't want this torment. I don't want this sin. I don't want this bondage. I don't want these lies. I want you, God. That's repentance. I'm tired of this. I'm tired of this. It might have beaten a thousand generations, but I don't want hell in my life. I want it out of my life. That's repentance. And if you repent, times of refreshing come from the presence of the Lord. Repentance is step one. Come on, somebody. Man, I want the transforming power of God in my life. So what do you do when you screw up? Do you need a prophet called Nathan to come and call you out? Are you wise enough to say, I screwed up, and go to the Lord yourself and say, Father, I repent. Lord, let the fire of heaven burn fresh within me. Take this from me. Take these thoughts. Take these effects. Take all this junk out and put in me the things of God. I repent. Amen. Laying your life down at the feet of the cross. I need you, God. Repentance is the recognition that you need help. All right? That's step one. Till a person gets to that place, says, I really need you, God. I've tried. I tried. Tried to live right. Tried to do that. I failed. I failed. I failed. And now I'm tired of trying and I'm surrendering to you. When you surrender to God, He comes and takes a broken, beaten down mess of a life. And He doesn't keep it that way. God doesn't keep you in a broken state. As an example to the world, look what sin does. He actually takes a broken life that sin has dominated and he turns and starts putting pieces back together. Healing, healing, girding you up, giving you strength, turning those painful moments of your past into the places you preach from today. Come on. The pain of the past becomes the pulpit of today. Let me tell you what Christ did in me. I once was this way. I once was bound in this, but now Christ has totally set me free. That's repentance. Step one is that. It's a true mad desire to be free of sin. I need you, God. The world is is normalizing worse and worse sin, if you could call it that. To where everything presented gets darker and darker. You can't even turn on kids' TV without being presented with something that Scripture totally tells you will lead you straight to hell. Why are they doing that? Because they want to normalize it in your kids. Because the enemy has a plan, and that plan is to pervert an entire generation and lead us straight to hell. But that's where you got to stand up. Say, man, I don't want that. The fruit of hell is not what I want in my life. Because if you look at everywhere in the demonic existed, everywhere the demonic exists is where pain is, it's where depression is. It's where lack is. It's where sickness is. Torment. That is the fruit of hell. We talk about OBT. We go to OBT and people say the church, you know, that talks about, you know, 
prosperity. You talk about prosperity. Prosperity is not of God. That we just it perverts a person. You can go to OBT where there is no prosperity, and you will find that the lack of prosperity does not lead to a better life. It's pain, torment, suffering. It's right there. That's a dark place. That's why Pastor Mark said, I don't even know if I should take the teenagers there. You've got to walk in the authority of God if you're going to walk in that place. I'll tell you that right now. But if you walk in there with that authority and you see the fruit of it, when people are bound in this, they don't argue with you about a better way. It's only the religious spirit, which is another spirit Christ encountered, that will argue about freedom. They will come against the power of God every time because they're the ones that Jesus referred to that they are the ones that don't know they need saving. They don't know they need deliverance. He said, I've come to heal those that know it. But the religious spirit stands in the way. We don't need the power of God. It might send the masses out. The masses that go are the ones that didn't want Christ. Come on, people. It's not our job. To make everybody feel comfortable. It's our job to transform lives. That's our job. That's what the church exists for. People, You don't come to church just for a social club. You came. There's many social clubs. There's drinking establishments you could belong to. You came here because you had a desire to know God, to serve God, and to walk in what God gives you. And the kingdom of heaven is not meat and drink, but righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. Come on. You want to walk in righteousness, you got to, you got to start with repentance. Right. Repentance is step one. Then it goes to grace. Once you repent, then you got to learn how to receive the grace of God. There's so many people that the devil still accuses you and accuses you of your past. So you never walk in freedom and you never walk in authority because you feel like, man, I just never. You don't understand what I've done. You don't even understand what I've said. You don't know where I've been and you don't know what I've done. For me to stand in the pulpit is a divine miracle from God. It's learning to walk in grace. Grace is something you've got to learn to receive. How do you receive it? The more you draw close to God and the love of God gets on the inside of you and you start realizing what Antonio said, he loves you more than you love you. He loved you when you were screwed up. He loves you when you're getting free. He loves you when you're cold. He loves you in every state of your life. He loves you. Walking in grace. You want to walk in joy? Stop beating yourself up over something that happened 10 years ago. Man, Pastor Caleb, I went through a divorce, and every time I read in Scripture that if you divorce and all this, well, it's in the past and it's under the blood. You're a new creation today. Come on, somebody. You're going to walk in this. You can't let these accusations weigh you down from hell that come daily in bombarding your mind. Well, remember that time you slipped up? Remember that time you did that? You did that? You did this? Yeah? Well, Christ died once and for all for all of my sins. And my heart is still in tune with God. How do you know your heart's in tune for God? Because you're still drawing near to God. You're still coming after God. And you screwed up. You ran to God. You didn't run away from God. That's how you know the attitude of your heart. You want to keep that heart ablaze? Keep coming to God. Man, maybe you're at this place right now where it's like hell keeps pulling you back and you're trying to break free. Do not stay in that. Keep coming to God. If you've got to answer a thousand altar calls, if you've got to be in a thousand overnight prayer meetings, you come exactly as you are and you press in and let God's grace get on you. And ultimately it begins to change the way you think, to change the way you act, to change everything about you. And it's a brand new creation gets born in you. 
where you know the affections of the past are not mine anymore. I don't even want what I once wanted. I don't even think like I once thought. I can't even understand how I'd ever thought that way. My gosh, I was an idiot. And it's a good place to be where you can talk about how dumb you once were. That's freedom right there, baby. When you can point and be like, oh, no. It's also wisdom because, you know, you're that dumb without Christ. <laughs> so all the more I need you today, God. I know what I produce, and I want what you produce. The kingdom of God is righteousness. That's right standing with God, not with men, but with God. That's the freedom that only he gives that you know. Man, you've cried out. You've been washed by the blood. And when you lift your hands to praise, there's not something between you and him. That's right standing with God. And a righteous person can stand through everything in this world. And though they may fall seven times, they will get back up. But the wicked, one calamity will destroy. But you are not wicked, for you've been made the righteousness of God through Christ Jesus. It's the transforming power of God. It takes a person and changes every aspect of that person. It's not a fake coat. It's not a new clothes. It's a brand new creation. Walking in the grace, which leads to faith. My faith is something that becomes your, the centerpiece of your life, a person of faith. Righteousness requires repentance, receiving grace, and living by faith. Living by faith changes everything. Now I ask God's opinion on things. Who does that? Should I sell this business? Should I open this business? Should I go take this job? Should I go to this place? Should I marry this person? That's a good one to pray about. I just don't know. Well, if you don't know and there is no peace, that's, a, that's enough. You know what I'm saying? Faith. The Bible says that we are people of faith and that the just, which just are those that have been saved through the saving power of God and made righteous with God. That's what just means. That the just will live by that faith. Our faith is not something that makes us go to church on Sunday. Our faith is something that makes us Monday through Sunday put God first in our life. We care about His opinion. We care about His desires. We care about hearing His voice. We, we honor and respect His word. We do what God tells us to do. When we screw up, we run to God. We ask God for forgiveness. It becomes every part of our life is dictated through faith. The lens of faith is in every area of my life. It tells me how I handle my finances. It tells me how I handle my marriage. It tells me how to be a parent. It tells me how to handle business. It tells me how to handle staff. Every part of my life runs through the funnel of my faith. That's everything to me. It's not just my education. It's the faith I have in Jesus Christ. That faith changes everything. You want to walk in righteousness, you want to be transformed. The kingdom of God will deliver you from literally any torment you could ever have. Any torment you have. Let me tell you, I don't care how great the pain is on the inside of you, how loud the voice of hell is, what you have experienced, what has gone on. If you have gone through the greatest traumatic season of anybody, God breaks the power of trauma off of a person. Amen. Once and for all. But to live in that place of freedom, now you go through the process. 
I want to become the kingdom of God. It's not meat and drink, but righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. Righteousness is repentance. No one can repent for you. Did you know that? No one. Your parents that plead your case day and night cannot repent for you. They can, they can cover you in the blood. They can plead the blood on you. They can claim you for Christ. They can claim you for the kingdom of God, but you're the one that's got to personally repent for the things going on in your life. Yeah. Then you go through grace and faith. And then the Bible says it's peace. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you, not as the world gives do I give. So let not your heart be troubled, and neither let it be afraid. The kingdom of God is not plagued with worry, anxiety, and fear. Amen? It is not a place where you stay captive to fears and doubts going on in your life. The kingdom of heaven is not a afraid, scaredy-cat kingdom. And if these things are still going on, then this is where you got to get to the place where you say, all right, I need the power of God to break these lies off of my life. Maybe it's demonic oppression. Maybe it's scars of the past. Maybe whatever it is, but that stuff that keeps rising up and rising up, that is not God's plan for your life. It's not a plan of anxiety. The kingdom of God is not a stressed out kingdom. We're not a kingdom under duress. We're not a kingdom that's afraid. We're a kingdom that wakes up every morning no matter what comes our way and knows God is on our side. And we said this last week, peace is not the absence of fears, but it's knowing that Christ is with you in the midst of storms. He's with me. Not afraid. Not afraid of the government. Not afraid of what's to come. I have a peace that passes understanding. Now, if I want to go down the rabbit trail of online and find stuff, I can find something that will try and steal my peace. But you got to go back to your peace and say, No, God, there's a lot that I don't know. But I do know this that you have promised me personally. That everything will work together for good for me. Because I love you, God, and I'm called according to your purpose. So I know the world could lose its mind. I know that war could break out. But I know this too, that a thousand can fall at my side and ten thousand at my right hand. But if it's not my time, it will not be my time. Amen. I'm hidden under the shadow of the Almighty and my life is in you, Christ Jesus. So to get to me, you've got to get to Christ. Come on, somebody. And there is nothing on planet earth that could ever, ever penetrate heaven's gates and get to where you're hidden. Come on, somebody. That's where your peace comes from. It's center on this. I am hidden in Christ Jesus. Good luck getting to me, bro. You will never, there is not an army big enough to reach the church. And we know that. That's why we walk in peace. And to carry that peace, the Bible says not to worry about anything, but to fix your thoughts. Come on. So you, you walk in righteousness, you got to keep your eye on things that are pure. To walk in peace, you got to keep your mind on things that are pure. And that's your responsibility. Shout responsibility. Come on, somebody. God wants to set you free. He wants to empower you. He wants to give you peace. But he says, my peace that I give, the world cannot take away. But you can give it away. If you think the wrong thoughts and meditate on the wrong thoughts, where does demonic attacks come from? Come on, somebody. I'm breaking it down real quick, and I'm gonna, I know we're not, we're not gonna go forever. It comes in the mind. Are you, are you with me right now? 
That's why these are the gates into the spiritual realm. The eyes, when you look at the thing, comes the thought. You meditate on the thought. Nobody ever became a serial killer from birth. They meditated and meditated and meditated and meditated on something. And maybe there's a thought that you've been meditating on right now that you need to break off of your life. And that might be step one, repent. I'm hitting it, boy, it's quiet in this Presbyterian church today. (laughs) Must have preached the right message. You got to go back to that place and realize, wait a second. This is not how I'm supposed to live. This is not what I'm supposed to be thinking. I'm going to go back and I'm going to take authority over these thoughts. These will not be my thoughts. And recognize there is no shame attached to this because the thought wasn't your thought. It was a demonic attack. Implant it to try and pull you aside. And the moment you set up camp and realize I'm going to fix my thoughts on are pure, righteous, and holy, think the right way, and I'm going to drive out, I'm going to take captivity every thought that exalts itself above the knowledge of Christ Jesus, my Lord. Amen. Come on. I'm going to take authority. Then peace will be my portion. Because I don't even let something come in and steal my peace. And then if you're doing this and you're walking righteous and you're walking upright and you're living for the Lord and the word is paramount and faith is guiding your life and there's something that troubles you, now you know. It's not that it's a lack of peace. It's that there's an agitation in your spirit. See, this is why the enemy wants to get your minds on the wrong thing and steal your peace so that he'd lo- you lose that ability as a child of God to sense To know by the Spirit when things are off. But a person that's walking right with God, walking upright, fix their thoughts on the Lord, thanking the Word, rejoicing, serving God, they'll walk into a room and it's like, boom, they can sense things by the Spirit. They'll know something's off with this person. It could save you a lot of money in business deals if you have the inner gut witness to know something's not right about something smells fishy and it ain't the fish. That's the peace. There's a peace, and there's a peace that's so strong upon a child of God that when we walk in and we feel something off, we know it's not us. So it must be something around us. And if we recognize this, that's the wisdom, that's the mysteries of the Spirit. See, we got Christians still living down at the milk level. Feed me. I feel guilty for what I did this week. Stop living in the gutter of the kingdom. And get in a place where you're walking in this power. Say, man, I knew by the Spirit something wasn't right in that room. Then you begin to take authority over it. I mean, even you ain't got to go ballistic praying. But you go, thank you, Lord. I know what's going on. And man, it'll begin to reveal itself. That's peace. That's God's peace. You're meant to walk in this. It's the meats. It's the mysteries of the kingdom we got a lot of Christians living on the milk level. We get you set free and we change your diaper every week. But if you're only getting your diaper changed once a week, that's gross, man. You're sitting in some stuff. And that's going to leave a mark. And you think no one knows. But everybody knows when the diaper needs to be changed. You walk into a crowded room and people are like, somebody's diaper needs changed. 
and that leads to joy. Come on. It's joyful when you're not sitting in that junk anymore. Thank God for the joy of the kingdom. A strong believer is a joyful believer. When you're walking in the strength of God, when your heart is pure towards the Lord, faith is leading your life. You've been set free of demonic oppression. It's not something happening within you. It tries to come from outside of you, but it doesn't get access to you because you're fixing your thoughts on those things that are above you and you're keeping your eyes on things that are pure. So the devil's trying to find a way in, but he's literally just huffing and puffing, trying to blow a house down. But guess what? He can't blow down the righteous ones of God. He can't even touch you. Come on. Do you realize this? He actually can't even touch you. It's like when, when they wanted to kill Jesus, they couldn't even lay a hand on him in the crowd. They were like, Aah! but they couldn't touch him. <laughs> I'm having fun this morning. The devil can't touch a believer that's living right. So what does he do? He tries to mess with people around you. He tries to mess with people that aren't living this way. And let me tell you something. There's a degree of what we can pray for a person. There's a degree that God allows you to speak over a person that is lost. To claim, saying, Father, may they not die in their sin. May you send forth labors around them. Keep them, hold them. I plead the blood of Jesus upon them. But it still comes down to them personally making the turn. And so the enemy will attack those around you. Well, let me tell you something. You can pray, you can love on them, but their problems are not your problems. And they will have those problems until they decide to make a change. This takes me back to transformation. It takes me back to what you carry. When you've gone through this, you carry this. What God has done in you, God does through you. And it comes from a place of compassion, a place of understanding. Let me tell you, I was a person bound in addiction. I was a person looking at the wrong thing. I was sleeping around. I was doing all of these wicked things. My life was going nowhere good. My life was a pit hole from hell, but Christ Jesus came and set me free. He pulled me out of that hell. He changed my life. He changed my path. He changed everything about me. And now my thoughts are fixed on Him. My eyes are pointed towards Him. His Word is on my heart. His Word leads me forward. And I can testify truthfully that God sets you free and keeps you free. I've been made free by the blood of the Lamb. And if that's what's going on in your life, then don't keep playing with it. But let God set you free. Because ultimately... A true person that walks right with God is a person that carries the righteousness. There's not an icky feeling around God's people. You don't feel like you got to go shower or bathe yourself after that. That unclean spirit of the world, you know it. You encounter it, you feel something's off. You want to go bathe. That's, that's it. That's spiritual understanding. Don't carry that. Don't be that person. Walk in righteousness. Walk in freedom. Walk in joy. Walk in peace. Let God set you free. And man, then your life will be a life of just the joy of the Lord is your strength. You wake up and you feel happy. Come on, somebody. Are you not happy? Are you miserable? Do you require a chemical 
aid to make yourself feel better. I remember at 19 years old, one of the reasons I cried out to God was I was at a birthday party at 19 years old, and it was a bunch of people I went to high school with. We had just graduated high school the year before. Tons of us in this place, but it was a girl that was a Christian that wasn't drinking. At her birthday party, they were playing board games, and everybody was laughing, and everybody was having fun, and I couldn't wait to get out. I excused myself and ran out because I had to go get some drunk, some drink or some pill or something in my system to feel happy. And I remember walking to the truck and a guy ran after me from my high school. He stopped me in the, in, 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 in the road and he said, where are you going? I was like, bro, it's just not fun for me. I got to go, go get something. And he was like, yeah, I, I do it too. And he drank and stuff too. He said, but, but also, I forget how he worded it, but basically along the way is, but Caleb, where are you at right now? where you can't even have for fun for a couple of hours with us, that you need to go get something. And I remember he walked and turned and walked away, and I got in my truck and I was driving off, and that nagged me so bad that I got particularly slammed that night, wasted, trying to just lose myself in it. And it was only right after that, a few things that God used me to where I began to turn out, and I cried out to God for freedom in my life. Let me tell you something. It begins with Repentance. But thank God that he doesn't keep you at that place of just brokenness. If I could get someone on the keys right now, ask for every head to be bowed and every eye closed this morning. I want to tell you something. I don't know that I really did a good job of ministering at all today from what I was saying. But I want to tell you this truthfully. That God's kingdom is a kingdom of transforming power. And everywhere Jesus went, he encountered the demonic. It's real. And I want you to hear this because you say, man, I feel like I'm stuck in this and I'm stuck in that. You're stuck in that because the enemy is keeping you stuck in that. And the way you get set free from the demonic things of this world is you've got to come to God, plain and simple. The people that had the wisdom, see, it takes cooperation. It always takes cooperation. Stop cooperating with, with, with the things of this world. Stop cooperating with hell. The devil lies to you. Tells you you'll always be this way. You'll always be bound in this. It's generational. Your dad was bound in it. You'll never kick alcohol. You'll never kick drugs. You'll never, you'll never be free in your body. Sickness will always be a part of you. You just have a weak constitution. These are the things that, that come in the minds of people to get you to agree. See, that's what it's all about. It's about agreeing with the demonic. But you've got to break that off and say, I do not agree any longer with anything from hell. I will not struggle my whole life. Maybe that's where you're at. It's been a struggle. I feel like everything is a fight tooth and nail to get anything fight for your marriage and it's like man are we ever going to get a breakthrough fight for your kids man am I ever going to get a breakthrough fight for advancement career trying to break levels and you can't break them that's spiritual that's spiritual do you see what I'm saying it's not a matter of more rest it's not a better a matter of better education it's a matter of coming to God saying today God I want it to change I want it to change and I need you to change me, God. I need what you bring. I want freedom. 
I want joy. I want peace. I want to walk in this. I don't want to be on the outskirts looking in. I want to have it in my house. The same presence of God that's in this place when they worship, I want in my household. I want to walk in my kitchen and feel the glory of God. I want to get in my truck and feel the peace of God. I want to carry you with me everywhere I go. My workplace, maybe you're at a workplace that's hard. I get it. You're literally being sown every day into a place where it's like there is no reverence for God. There is no honor for God. And that's wearing on you and wearing on you and wearing on you. But I'm here to tell you the kingdom of God does not get worn down. There are times of refreshing that come in the presence of the Lord. And that's why you come here. Because He refreshes you. He strengthens you. Builds you back up. Makes you stronger than you were before. So that you can stand. When you've done all you can do. Stand. Stand therefore. On the goodness of God. I'm not exactly given a call of any sort right now. But if you feel the unction of the Holy Spirit to make your way to the altar right now. I encourage you. Just come forward to the altar. Come before God. 